let's face it, bro, none of us have corrected our spelling from, for years because the computers are doing it for us, sometimes with slightly amusing results. Um, but yeah, it, it's if you type T-E-H instead of the, in this game, you've already, you've, you're done for. So, you know, I think everybody's got really sloppy at typing accurately. And, you know, maybe this is this changed. Maybe this mm. is where typing bites back and makes people respect <laughs> typing and love typing. studio goes under that often means the end of the project but somehow some way that wasn't the case for typing of the dead overkill uh, a reimagining of house of the dead overkill uh, with the typing mechanic that sega has been known for in the past and for whatever reason has decided not to bring over to the u.s a number of times despite some other games coming out uh, but when typing the dead overkill was in development it was at blitz games and earlier this year blitz games went under uh, they were a known developer in the UK that went into liquidation for a variety of problems, and that should have been the end of the game. But the developers of Typing of the Dead Overkill, uh, it was such a passion project for them. And so Ollie Clark, uh, Tim Page, Jonathan Jogo Evans, uh, and others uh, formed together under the name Modern Dream and found a way to make the game happen anyway. Uh, I managed to get on Skype with them recently to chat about that whole process. Uh, there's also an article on the site, uh, but it's a fascinating group, and you can tell how much they loved working on this game. Here's our conversation. So, I mean, why don't we just start with how are you guys, how are you guys feeling? You know, this game came kind of out of nowhere, which is very different than how most games were released in 2013. Um, how has it felt to kind of watch all of this played out? Uh, well, Ollie speaking, uh, it's been a roller coaster, definitely. Uh, we started this, this game, we knew it was going to be a tough schedule. We knew we had a lot to do to get the game out specifically for Halloween. And then, of course, uh, we had our, our mothership, Blitz Game Studios, explode. And we had to go and find a planet to, to settle on. And uh, the guys in Sega uh, in London, the digital distribution guys, were fantastic to support us. Uh, I remember when we got the news that the company was going under, I looked at my... Uh, um, Skype message box and she said, Ollie, whatever you need, we'll get it for you. And it was kind of like, oh, it's great. Thank you. There's hope. And at the same time, it was like, oh my God, we've got to still, still got to make this game. And uh, uh, so it's been a real roller coaster, up and down. So, you know, for, for people that aren't familiar, how, how would you sort of characterize how a studio that, you know, is obviously working on a new typing of the dead and then Blitz sort of, uh, you know, implodes at the same time? How, how do those two things play out when you guys, you know, sort of actively have projects you are working on? Um, so you mean the, the sequence of events? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, um, so only speaking again, I had... Uh, the company found out on the 12th of September that the company was going into liquidation. And um, I remember um, hearing that first thing in the morning and coming down and seeing, uh, uh, I think it was, it was both you guys actually, Tim and Jogo, um, arguing over the front end in a, in a friendly manner um, and, and how that was going to work. And I could see all the to-dos that were there and just thinking, oh, this is going to be a really good fun game. And we were really enjoying the typing mechanic and we knew that was going to work. And really all the guys needed was just the time and space to do it. 
Um, so I went and spoke with a colleague of mine called Tom Weston, who was uh, the company manager of business affairs at the time, and just spoke to him and said, uh, what are the chances of, of getting this game out in these circumstances? And he said, uh, not a chance. And I think, as I said uh, in another interview, that was that would normally be the end of it, that uh, we would do what studios do when it, when, it, when they go under is go down the pub and drink our sorrows away. But we did, we did carry on talking, and uh, I mentioned to him that uh, I've been doing a couple of indie games, and I've been looking at setting up a company to put those out under. Uh, I've been talking with an accountant already, and we just thought, okay, maybe there's a possibility here. And um, Tom arranged for a meeting with the, the guys at Sega. Uh, for us to have a chat with those guys. And the next day we met with them, and I just remember running around like crazy, uh, meeting with those guys at the same hotel that another company were at at the same time, employing people who had just been laid off from, from Blitz, uh, which was an interesting experience. And talking with those guys, they were really supportive and really friendly, and they totally understood the situation that we were in. I'm pretty sure they've been through it themselves. Um, so, they very kindly and at their own risk decided to support us in finishing the game. Um, so we met as a team on the Sunday and decided that we were going to do it, which is, I think, um, really looking back, was a, we, were, we were lucky that we were all able to do it. Uh, and it's a good thing that we did do it, considering how everything turned out. Um, so the following Monday, we, we set up in my apartment which was interesting. I mean, Tim, you were, you were there with your code guys, um, just cables trailed everywhere. Yeah, how many, this, how many people did you have crammed in that apartment? Yeah, this is Tim. So we had, uh, we had Ollie, who was, who was half in and half out, obviously running around like, uh, like a blue-ass fly trying to sew up on the business side, and the coders who had everything we could salvage on the day the company went under in terms of all of the, the, the code that we needed, all the data that we you know, furiously tried to remember everything we needed to build the game. And then there was this kind of, so if Ollie was trying to sort out the legal side of things, it was me and two other coders trying to sort out the, the, the sort of logistical, like can we, can we get you know, the servers up and running? Can we get the code compiling? Have we got everything we need to, to get the, the engine running? Now we're not in Blitz anymore. And there are all sorts of problems we had to overcome. So we were kind of having a frantic time. That by the end of two days doing that at Ollie's house, um, we had, you know, we'd got the game building. And at that point, from the coder's point of view, from our simplistic code point of view, we knew we could do it at that point. And then it was just for sort of Ollie to prove out that legally and, and logistically we could. And then obviously we found a home at Sega the following day on, on the Wednesday, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those guys at the Sega Hardlight have been really supportive to us. They, they invited us in. Uh, I, I've never heard of a circumstance like this happening before. I mean, I've heard of studios trying to carry on a game afterwards, and nearly without exception, um, it goes badly. So, um, I mean, those guys took a big risk in supporting us, and uh, we can't thank them enough. For, uh, for the sport they gave us in the home that they gave us. And it was a strange thing, really. I remember, I don't know about you guys, but I remember coming into uh, Sega Hardlight and just sort of thinking, oh, this is a studio. I know I know how this works. So this is kind of a, we can carry on making the game from here. And, uh, Jogo, I don't know how you feel now. Yeah, uh, this is Jogo, I'm the designer. Uh, I think it was fantastic, this game. It was blind luck, really, that Sega just happened to have a development studio in our town. <laughs> And I, I, you know, there's not a lot of towns that can actually boast that. I mean, we could have been anywhere else in the country. We've been in a lot of trouble, possibly terminal. But, you know, the, the studio was here and they invited us in. Uh, I, I, it, it was, you know, it's been fantastic. It's been so, you know, they've been really accommodating and not only just offering us a desk and a chair each, but, you know, server space and just the 
and tea. We had tea yeah. here, and you know, we're British. That's the most important thing of game development, as you can imagine. But it's the thing is, being in the studio, it just really enforced and reinforced that professional standard that we'd always work to, and we, we were just never able to drop that for a minute. And so mm. we just kept rigorous hours and just kept on working. And that was really fantastic. And I think it just encouraged us constantly to, to complete the game. Yeah, Tim, I was, so, um, so, of, so when the company goes under on the, what was it, the Thursday or the Friday, Thursday. and then on the Wednesday, the whole team, nine o'clock, Avengers assembled at Sega, we had the machines, we had everything building, and we could start as if nothing had happened. So that's like four days of downtime. <laughs> All of that was just absolutely remarkable. I mean, Ollie said a few times that so many things had to, the stars had to align for this to happen. So many things had to kind of line up for this to happen. And it's so true. You only really get an appreciation for it in hindsight, I think, because at the time it just seems, oh, excellent, that's something we don't have to worry about. But yeah, to be there on Wednesday, just developing was just a very surreal, wonderful. Now, you know, sort of originally before, you know, everything, you know, the shit kind of hit the fan with the studio and getting set up again, who approached who to actually put this together? Because Typing of the Dead is something that people have, you know, real fond memories of, but you know, it's probably pretty low on the kind of IP that you would expect uh, to come back in 2013. So was that something you pitched or was that something that, you know, Sega had originally come to Blitz about? So, this um, Ollie, um, it's something that uh, the, there's a studio, there's a Sega studio in London, the digital distribution team, and they looked at the IP and uh, they thought, well, there's something we can do here with the original House of the Dead. Uh, PC Steam is, uh, is a great market, it's, it's the right platform. Uh, let's try and do this, let's see who's out there. And um, Blitz had originally developed the the game engine for House of the Dead Overkill. Mm. So the Blitz was an obvious choice to approach about working on it. And they came up to meet us and uh, we had a few chats about what the game would be, how it would work. Um, generally thought, yeah, we can do this to type, but we can do this. And I think um, through those conversations, they felt they had confidence in us to trust us uh, with one of their IPs, which is something that um, Sega doesn't do very often, um, and it was it was a real opportunity for us, and uh, certainly didn't want to let them down. Um, to the, to an extreme, we certainly didn't want to let them down on this one. I'm, I'm so glad we managed to get it done for them and um, uh, maintain their uh, their IP for them. But uh, originally it was uh, Sega's IP, and they wanted to make it happen. They saw an opportunity there, and uh, they, we were lucky enough to have the opportunity to make it. So, so you, you mentioned a couple of times that you guys had a pretty tight window that was obviously, you know, exasperated by the complications with Blitz. So what, what was the original development window that you guys were looking at? Because obviously you had to be at, out at, at Halloween, but how much time did you guys have to actually uh, bring this together? I think we literally started in June, didn't we? Yeah, uh, that, I think it was, about, it was about three months, I think we were in development for all told, wasn't it? Yeah. Wait, yeah, you, started, oh, three months? So, so where are we now? We, we released in um, October, so counting back from that to June. How many months is that? Is that oh, I can't count. I'm a designer. <laughs> well, four or five months. Four, four or five, or five yeah. months. Yeah. <laughs> four or five, yeah, not three, obviously. Uh, I don't know, yeah. You guys but made it in two weeks. What's that? You guys made it in two weeks. Just, you know, just uh, double down. You guys made it in two weeks. It was about an hour and a half. The first minute was very exciting. <laughs> I mean, are, are you... Are, uh, we got a lot of it from, um, you know, because obviously Sega had the um, the original House of the Dead Overkill archive, so and that was stuff we were familiar with. So the team, we could, you know, it took us about a week 
to, to get up and running to get the old game building, the, the, get the PS3 shooter game working on the, on the PC, working in a similar way with the mouse. So it was pretty much straight into, there was no pre-production or anything like that, it was straight into the typing mechanic and then starting to look at uh, multiplayer. Those were the two big, you know, very big, especially multiplayer, those are the, uh, multiplayer, those are the two things we had, had to add on to it. So, you know, on the face of it, two big new features. Oh, yeah. I, I think I think you're underselling. <laughs> underselling your achievements. You think about it. You got the boss fights. They all needed to be redone. The typing mechanic needed to be implemented. You had to have all the zombies needed to be repopulated throughout the entire game. The dictionaries, of course, all had to be written. Uh, the multiplayer, of course, which we knew was going to be incredibly difficult under the yeah. I'm not saying that there wasn't in the details. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it was it's a big challenge to um, it's it's a total conversion. Of what was there, and uh, I mean, we even had trouble getting the archive working. Originally, we had we had uh, bits missing, certain assets, sounds, and, it, yeah, uh, some, some bits we had to redo. It's one of these cases that in the first two weeks you've got the you've got the typing mechanic kind of more or less working across the whole game, and then it takes the, the other sort of you know how many months to kind of get it working properly everywhere. <laughs> it's like the the typing of the dead. The first thing you hear in the game, the typing of the dead. Or we were actually um, we had one of our guys on the team trying to reenact that voice. And then process it in such a way that it would be convincing. And so far, no one's pointed it out how, <laughs> how bad it sounds. So play with that one. But it's literally just us with a with a cheap mic trying to process it, trying to make it sound like the uh, the original. So you know, in the in the version that launched at Halloween, uh, you know, multiplayer is not there yet. But you guys have you know mentioned several times now the, the challenges of building that. So what what specifically about what you guys wanted to accomplish uh, made it so difficult to to build that into the game? Well, I suppose the big change is that the previous game, it, it supported four-player local um, multiplayer, but this, because you can't practically play a typing game with two players unless you have two keyboards, which we've ruled out after a brief discussion, um, it's the online nature of it. So that was quite a big change. Well, it was a very big change on top of it. So I think any, any multiplayer game brings with it a huge number of headaches. Steam is a really good platform to do it on, but still, you know, all of the headaches of getting the lobby working properly, and then just, you know, even even when you've got an on-rail shooter, which solves a lot of problems, this isn't like a mass multiplayer game, it's just two-player co-op, still very technically complicated, and yeah, that, that took a couple of guys for the whole term to get working. Because mm. if you imagine those, in multiplayer, there are two virtual universes that essentially don't know about each other and all they have to talk to each other are just a few ones and zeros to explain where they are and what they're doing. And if it goes out of sync at any one point, it's like the um, the multiple universe um, quantum theory. Uh, as soon as one starts to go off in one direction, they're entirely different from each other. So you have to keep rechecking that they're syncing up together time and time again in, in multiple sort of places. And uh, it's, it's an incredibly difficult thing to do. I mean, um, hugely in my studios that just do multiplayer games because it's very very difficult to pull off one of the things that uh you know is very interesting about the original typing of the dead is you know it's not just you can't just dump a bunch of words on the screen and then it works you know one of the things that's so amazing about the original game is that you know the dictionaries really had a sense of humor to them like it was fun to type out some of the words that were coming up and it it felt like sometimes it was so deliberate about how some of the words were appearing that the game uh was trying to trip you up and it always felt like it was keeping you on your toes so you know how did you guys approach that you know what did you take away from the original game in terms of how you wanted to set up the dictionaries for the game okay so this is jogo again 
Um, writing the dictionary was just lots and lots of fun. I mean, we played. We don't. I played the original type in when it came out, and was quite familiar with that slightly surreal humour that was in it. And I wanted to bring that forward as well as, as well as expanding it a little bit, and just make interesting. You know, get interesting phrases and interesting words. So we had a lot of approaches. Sometimes you'd sit down with a dictionary going through the A's and the B's and the C's and trying to find interesting words there that were just interesting on their own and then constructing a sentence around them or a short phrase. And, you know, we had a, a couple of guys in the studio who wrote a few phrase generators by punching in hundreds and hundreds of words and they knock out a small phrase with a verb and a noun and an adjective. And so we got, we got a small set from that. But a lot of it was simply encountering interesting words and phrases in conversation and in the world around and just I've spent the last three months writing notes to myself and scribbling things down on post-it notes and jabbering things into my phone every time I encountered an interesting phrase so you know it's almost been logging the universe for the last three months. I love the way that the office banter like every time someone just happens to say something you know you'd say that's going in and you know <laughs> so uh, we'd just be talking yeah. normally and you'd be sort of uh, hoovering good phrases out. Yeah, one of their programmers told me last week that it that this game would ruin language for me forever because every time somebody says something interesting to me now, I'll think, oh, I should have put that in the game. <laughs> so, so it's going to be very difficult. Uh, but yeah, you wanted we wanted to keep it light and fun and funny and just interesting, interesting things to type as much as we could. Um, as much as the game content is ridiculously offensive or we've tried to keep everything that you have to type very sort of much more clean and mild in it and, and I like the curse you've got in there like an esophagus and onomatopoeia even words like zigzag I mean you don't normally touch the z key so yeah that's that's a tricky one I, I still get, I still think oh what an asshole when I get to type Mississippi <laughs> 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 you, know, you know this is my fault what did I do that for and they are there there all this just just playing with words sometimes when you're just trying to come up with new stuff. But with you wouldn't really sit down and write for whole days at a time because you just get you know snow blind. You do a bit of writing and then you'd spend a few hours moving zombies around and changing their approach patterns and switching off that writing side of your brain to give it a bit of a break. And we, you know, hand the reins over to one of our other designers who was also writing stuff. So, yeah, there's a lot of different approaches, but probably the most successful was just allowing stuff to come at you out of the ether and out of conversation. I think one of the most amazing and, and fun things about the game is sort of uh, how it illuminates your own bad typing habits in a way that just doesn't normally sort of register when you're writing an email or writing a story or something like that. But very much... Uh, when you're playing the game, you realize the words that you misspell every single time because <laughs> it's much different when you suddenly get bit by a zombie or you lose some health or something. You lose your combo rather than just hitting the backspace because uh, the game just illuminates your own bad habits in a way that you don't normally see on a day-to-day -day basis. Doing it for us, sometimes with slightly amusing results. Um, but yeah, it, it's if you type T E H instead of the in this game, you've already you've you're done for. So you know, I think we, everybody's got really sloppy at typing accurately, and 
you know, maybe this is this changed. Maybe this mm. is where typing bites back and makes people respect <laughs> typing and love typing. Yeah, especially in hardcore mode. It's hard, hardcore mode where every single mistake you make resets the get resets the uh, game. the word. <laughs> <laughs> Lord have mercy! What is this? Steel Italian? No, no, uh, no. In every when in hardcore, when every mistake. Uh, resets the word. The tension is astronomical. And when there's a zombie lumbering towards you and you, you're two characters from the end of a really long sentence, and you're terrified that you're going to make a mistake. But it's, it's great fun. It's really, really good. Well, and I think it's actually genuinely surprising. I don't know if it's a generational thing or uh, just because we see so few games that sort of use this mechanic very often. But, you know, even I have, like, super fond memories of the the dumb mini games in Mavis Beacon teaches typing and other typing programs that I used when I was growing up and you know typing of the dead was just sort of an evolution of that and I, I've always found it very interesting that games haven't tried to do more of this because typing of the dead is, is kind of a complete anomaly yeah yeah I mean there are a few exceptions there is I've seen a couple of indie games out there uh, that, that use typing but what I love about typing is that Pretty much, most people you speak to these days can type, and there are differences in the skill that people have in typing, and that's what the game plays on. So it's something that everyone can do almost intuitively. So it becomes a game that's very accessible, but it's difficult to master. And I think that's that's something that should be explored more. And I hope on the back of Typing Dead, there are more typing games out there, whether whether we make them or other people make them. Yeah, and do you know what? Related to that, I think that's actually one of the biggest sort of almost like forgotten features that we really brought to typing of the dead is that we've actually given it difficulty levels and in the first one it didn't really have difficulty levels and if you couldn't type fast enough then you gradually were ground out of the game but yeah. um, from minute one I just started writing it with, with different difficulty levels in mind so you can play it on easy even if you're rubbish you will get through the game and you'll you know you won't you'll have plenty of words to type but you won't have the long sentences and um, on medium, there's, there's short words and long words and a couple of some plenty of sentences, but on hard, that's when it really comes to life, where that's where the real surrealism and crazy constructions actually lie. But we actually, you know, we've got games for people of completely different levels now of typing ability. We're not taking anything for granted. We're not saying you're going to have to be this good to have fun with the game. And I remember you going through, through a few iterations to get that. Right, both you and you and Tim mm. uh, working that out system yeah. in place. Like it wasn't just a um, write a dictionary and it goes in. It's the, the way you structured it in the uh, in code to actually display the right words in the right place and, uh, and get the right links that you want, as you say, between difficulty curves and things. Yeah. Did Did you end up sort of massaging how those difficulties worked out through focus testing, or was that just largely kind of in studio, kind of putting people up to the plate and seeing how they responded? Probably more of the latter, actually. We didn't really have any official focus tests, but we we did have a few instances when we were still at Blitz where we were able to get people in front of the game and just sit them down. And you know, we have some of the the form like the the community management people from Blitz who were just incredible fast typers, and they could just blaze through thirty characters without mm -hmm. making a single mistake. Which is, <laughs> yeah. Frightening, there's something wrong with those people. But well, yes, we found that technical problem that the game couldn't keep up with some of our typists. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 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 yeah that, that's true, like Tim was saying. Um, in, initially, our tech would only read one character, one, yeah, one stroke per frame. frame. That's right. And these people are typing at 
100 hertz, you know, I think. Literally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so we, we have to be, I think it was fairly easy for that to be fixed. But yeah, you have to, we had to change technology to be fast enough to keep up with the very best. <laughs> So once we'd found a good example in the studio and the team of someone who was a sort of, let's say, you know, casual typist, someone who was a, a regular typist and someone who was an expert typist, we could sort of, you know, we could sort of build the difficulty curves around those. Did you, did you encounter any other weird sort of like technical hiccups that you were, seem very specific to a keyboard or typist sort of game uh, similar to, to people being too fast? We played a lot with how, what, what, what you had to type, you know, because original type of the dead, you don't type spaces. So we retained that. We played a little bit with what sort of punctuation you'd have to type. I think in the, in the original type of the dead, you have to hit all the punctuation. Um, we actually took that out from normal mode. I think in hardcore, you still have to hit all the punctuation. Uh, and whether you have to capitalize we don't capitalize. We don't. That's the thing. We kind of figured we would for hardcore, and then it turned out actually it felt horrible to do so. So that was quite surprising. And and then we had a lot of fun around pickups because the original game had all sorts of things of pickups, whether it's sort of extra health or memorabilia or whatever. And we kind of had to try and figure out whether you type words to pick things up, and if so, how that fits around the zombies. And then we thought maybe well, we tried various iterations on that as well until we figured that a pickup picking up key was the right answer. But again, we kind of surprised ourselves quite a few times uh, by, as you say, the sort of the differences bringing it over to the keyboard. And then, of course, when we started thinking about whether we wanted local co-op and then thinking sort of, oh, hang on, no, that's, that's on a keyboard. That means having two keyboards. Could we have two keyboards? All sorts of interesting sort of ideas about how we could uh, experiment with that. I still say we should have gone with four hands on one keyboard. Yeah, you reckon? That would have been amazing. <laughs> you handled Q through V. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to write the dictionaries for that. No. <laughs> Is is the problem with supporting two keyboards simply sort of like a logistical nightmare from from like a from a hardware perspective? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think you technically probably could do it, but it would have required quite. You know, our our engine obviously wasn't sort of designed to support that, so there would have been work there. And I think it's pretty safe to say that that would have that would have been of use to a, a minority of players. Whereas we really wanted to push the online thing, make this a a sort of shared experience online. It makes a lot more sense on PC, really. Um. So what were you guys doing, you know, when when the game launched? You know, you guys hit your Halloween date. Um, there was absolutely zero anticipation for the game, like zero. I just sort of saw a press release show up in my my inbox and was like, "What the fuck are you talking about? A new typing of the dead?" And so, what were, what were you guys doing as all of that news kind of filtered out? Working really hard as it happened. <laughs> I was hitting refresh on Steam forums every five minutes. <laughs> I was writing. I was writing. I, I was just writing loads and loads of stuff and I was I, I had a massive deadline looming and then at five o'clock ground to a halt because I was just my Twitter I put a Titan of the Dead search you know into TweetDeck and my it, I've never ever seen activity like that mm. it just went absolutely incredible because mm. one of the things we didn't actually know was whether or not the love for Titan of the Dead still existed because everybody talks about it in hushed reverence and remembers how lovely it was, but we, that didn't mean that they'd still be interested. We didn't know if people were going to say, oh, tell me that, that was great in the day, don't care anymore. They could, it could easily have gone like that, but I, I, 
but then everybody said was amazingly excited and they just yeah. couldn't wait. Everybody was typing, saying, I can't wait to get home, I've got to get home, I've got to get home. Because <laughs> yeah. I went, why aren't I playing this game now? Yeah. And then we thought, my God, they, it really, really does mean a lot to so many people. Yeah, and then of course it's kind of like, oh, everyone does remember it, everyone does love it. I hope they like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrifying moment. Yeah. Have we done it? Have we done it? Uh, justice, how we give it the respects it, it deserves, and it's. Uh, I think, I think we can safely say now that the, the feedback we've got has been um, really, really positive. That people love that there's a new typing game out, and they they love the way that we've done it. They they appreciate the work that we put into it, and uh, we didn't screw it up for them. That that means a lot. Yeah, that that that. There's a lot of responsibility. As soon as you realise that everybody really loved Type of the Dead and still cared about it, then suddenly you feel this tremendous responsibility. You think, oh my God, please don't yeah. let us have fucked it up. The weight of nostalgia. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness me. But then the live players were, were on it within an hour. Yeah. And we, we were just sitting there watching, terrified, thinking, oh my God, are they going to hate it? Is, are the words not interesting enough? And then the live players were just reading out everything and laughing out loud yeah. and having a great time. And they got the references you've written as well for <laughs> Father Ted and the. Oh Red yeah, Wolf. they loved the Father Ted stuff and the Red Dwarf and the Monty Python and. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what was uh, the, uh, the Obama meme? Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Thanks Obama. Obama. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there is there anything from having built this game? You know, typing. The typing mechanic is, you know, very specific to obviously typing of the dead. But having gone through this process, having built something like this, did you guys come away with any lessons that you might take into sort of building more traditional games in the future? That's a good question. Yeah, yeah. There's always so much we learn on every game that we do. I think uh, certainly user testing early on, right at the beginning, uh, make sure that um, we're taking all that on board. I, mean, I remember the research uh, doing that and. Uh, it got, a, it got a hint at that point of how people felt about it, but one of the most senior members of Sega Japan, Typing the Dead was the first game that he worked on at Sega, so it had a real value to him, and the, the message was passed down to me, like, don't screw this up. And then um, some friends of mine who played the game, talking with them, saying, look, don't screw this up. So you kind of, um, I think the value of talking to players early on uh, what they feel about it, what they think about it. And there's lots of um, data that companies take now on quant quantitative, which is how long they play for, what their age is, all those kind of impersonal things. But I think um, getting personal data uh, from people, like what they really feel about a game, what, what they think, and then taking that and trying to craft a good experience for them is, is the thing I would take forward from here. I mean, Tim, what would you say technically? Well, for me personally, it was my first Steam game, uh, so I learned an awful lot going through that process. Um, PC writing a PC game rather than a console game brings with it, you know, its, its own problems. Um, I think it's a fantastic platform, though, and Steam particularly was was very nice to work with. So, you know, just interesting, sort of reading the Steam forum, seeing what kind of problems people find, and, and learning lessons for the future about, you know, what to look out for in future. Okay. Um, I just, I just want to do more typing games really I mean more yeah. games that are based on words words are brilliant and because you, you write in your spare time yeah yeah that, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's my hobby is my you know, games are you know games are my hobby but now I do them for a living and writing's my hobby and then oh, oh Christ now I'm doing that for a living as well so but 
yeah, I'd love to do more writing games. It would be, I think it's just a, an enormous, well, when you start thinking of the f- uh, how many typing games are actually out there, a, a handful, but it's a vast wealth that I'd love to explore more. Isn't it amazing how fun the typing made it, how fun the words made it? Because it, it was a fun game before, the Overkill was a, per- was a very fun game. But yeah. when we started seeing, zomb- like, I suppose it's the juxtaposition of the zombies coming towards you with, with funny quotes, when you had the Shakespeare on, when you had the Shakespeare and the profanity on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a DLC, I think. <laughs> it's coming out there. Um, that got leaked last week, that's fine. Yeah. That's- <laughs> But uh, actually, we can talk about that. When just, I think it was just yesterday you had Shakespeare uh, words coming up, and, and then you had um, some profane words the coming profane up. And that, yeah. yeah, I mean, one of the most wonderful things about the game is that because the dictionaries are just, just pull random stuff out, there's very, uh, I mean, we tell each zombie what set of words it can pull from, whether it's a, one of the big generic pools or one of the level specific pools because sometimes we theme the, the the zombies a little bit carefully but for the most part once once a zombie's pulling from a, a word pool there's thousands of words in there and the next zombie's got thousands of words to choose from as well so you just get these insane collisions and images generated mm. every so often that really just make they that can throw you off in it in itself when you get these crazy collisions yeah and yeah, I'm not quite sure how much we can say about the Shakespeare and the, the swearing dictionaries that are coming soon, if we know, if we knew anything about that. Yeah. <laughs> but if, if we were, if we were, and you had swearing and Shakespeare enabled, I expect it would be one of the most hilarious things <laughs> you ever play. Uh, For example, yeah. But of course, I, I think probably the biggest thing to take from this is if you really love a game, is keep going with it no matter what. And if, if it had been many other games we've worked on over the years, would we have carried on? I don't know. But this one, it just, so, it was so fun making it and playing it. It's just definitely the lesson is just keep going no matter what. If you have an, if you have an opportunity to make a game, get it done, get it out there, just go for it. Just don't think about it, just do it. I tell you what related to that is really important is, is to talk a little bit about the team. Because we weren't in a pre-existing team. We all worked That's in a studio. Yeah. We don't, and we, many of us had been there for a very long time, and some people had only been there a few years. But the team that made Type of the Dead was incredibly small. It was, you know, mm. In all told, there's been less than 10 of us, isn't there? Yeah. And, you know, we were sort of pulled together very, very rapidly from various projects as they finished up. And we sort of came together and got this crazy project to do, and we just hit the ground running, as Tim had said. Yeah. because it was originally created on our in-house engine anyway so but the team was just fantastic and we just had a fantastic time working with each other and it, it was brilliant it, because there were so few of us and so little time I think it really galvanized the team and yeah. even before Blitz went under we were working brilliantly together and having loads of fun together and just really enjoying coming into work every day and then after that after, you know, when you'd had the shock of everybody losing their job and being told, well, everybody's going to scatter now to the four winds, and everyone's feeling really upset and shocked. And the fact that we were able to stay together and finish finish the game, that was a fun, you know, the, the team was so strong after that as well. And we, did, we just, we, I don't think we could have asked for a better group of people to actually make this game. And I think that's, it's testament to the fact that 
we did with that extraordinary disruption in the middle of the development yeah. that actually these individuals came together and really, really applied their skill and the professionalism and getting this game finished on time. Without a shadow of doubt, best team I've worked with. Well, I will, I will leave you guys with what is obviously the most important question of all. Uh, the, the question on every Typing of the Dead fan's mind is, why are they holding guns instead of keyboards? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's a great question. I mean, I suppose, I mean, of course, the overkill cutscenes are so much more dynamic and sophisticated than the original ones. You think about what they were doing in the old Typing of the Dead, standing around on a boat or something like that. <laughs> so now imagine a keyboard strapped to the front of, of Agent G as he does a forward roll. <laughs> I think mean, that, that, was, that was the issue, really, wasn't it? It was kind of, we wanted to do it, but it just, we didn't have to reanimate all the cutscenes to get them to work. And yeah, and you know what I said? There was only 10 people on the team. Guess how many other more animators? There you go. <laughs> All right, well, guys, uh, congratulations on, on all the success of the game. Uh, I think uh, people, you know, including myself, who were big fans of the original, uh, definitely appreciate uh, and can see uh, the love that you guys went into to, to making the game. So I uh, appreciate you guys uh, taking some time to, to chat with me about uh, your work on the game. Thanks, Patrick. Really Thanks very much. Game. Absolutely. Uh, take care and uh, hopefully be in touch soon. Yeah, take it easy. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.